It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Tries to steal in. Ramsdale made a great decision to come out there. But then it's, oh, it's tipped away. That's going to be a red card for Steve Cook. Steve Cook is going to be sent off, I think, here. It's a deliberate handball. He stopped the ball going to the net. And after half an hour, Bournemouth are down to 10 men. Steve Cook throwing off his hand, tipping the ball onto the post. It stopped a certain goal. But it means the Cherries will play with 10 for the rest of the game. Good morning. Welcome to episode 75 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and over the course of the next hour or so, I'm going to be covering the match at the weekend against Norwich City with the help of regular podcast stalwart Jeff Hayward. Now, I was going to call this podcast title a laughing stock. However, I've had a day to think about it and I've decided to call it a rallying cry. Because whilst some fans are resigned to the fate of relegation already with 15 games to go, that's fine. And maybe I'm wearing my rose-tinted spectacles. But there are some people out there that are clinging on and have the last remnants of hope. Who am I to dash those? And I would rather look at these last matches as a challenge and think it can be done. We've shown historically that it's possible. Let's go in thinking we've got a chance. So that's going to be the theme of this podcast. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a happy clapper, Boscombe Albion on Twitter. I don't care. Um, I'd rather be positive than negative. If you've got a relative in hospital, what do you do? Just assume they're going to die straight away? No, of course you don't. You're going to hope that they make a full recovery. And that's my expectation. And hope, well, probably hope more than expectation, eh? But anyway, in this show, I'm going to be dissecting Saturday's encounter with Jeff at Carrie Road and... Uh, We'll also be previewing the next encounter as well, which comes tomorrow. Yet yeah, that's Tuesday as we welcome the Seagulls who visit Dean Court in yet another crunch game. We're also going to talk to you about an event that's happening very soon with some ex-AFC Bournemouth players. And you, as podcast listener, will be able to hear all about it. And uh, yeah, it's 
It's really exciting. Uh, we'll do that after the match chat. Um, and also, just a heads up, if you want to hear and watch reaction to the Brighton game, uh, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Back of the Net Bournemouth on YouTube, of course, where we'll have a number of post-match chats as well as some in-depth analysis. Now, of course, we are, we are a Monday podcast. We usually put this out on a Monday. Next week... It's going to go out on the Tuesday. That's right, the day after our FA Cup clash under the lights against Arsenal. Uh, So on your podcast app, do remember to subscribe and we'll ping you a notification as soon as we've uploaded it. It'll be one of the quickest podcast turnarounds we've ever done. Um, Can't wait to be doing that. Not. Uh, So Norwich City at the weekend. Did you go? Well done if you did. Uh, I didn't. Um, It wasn't the best, was it? Myself and Jeff are going to be speaking about it very, very shortly. But first, let's do this. So, as we've just played Norwich, um, let's go through some players who have played for both clubs, both the Canaries and the Cherries. Now, I've got three players here, and in each case, I'm going to name the two previous clubs they played for, as well as the year they joined us. So, player A joined us in 1990. His previous clubs were Sutton United Youth and then Sutton United. Player B joined us in... You know what? I could do a Chris Tarrant impression. It'd be B! A! B! Okay, yeah, I would do that. Uh, 2012. Previously, they played for Brentford and then Rotherham before joining AFC Bournemouth. And then Player C joined in 2013 playing for Wolverhampton and then Norwich before joining the Cherries. So at the end of the show, I'll be giving you the answers to those. So uh, stay tuned to that. At the weekend, it was a crunch game for AFC Bournemouth. Coming up, uh, your thoughts from the weekend. But before that, here are some um, highlights. And I was going to call it a laughing stock because this is what was on the TV. And yeah, it wasn't good to watch. And it's certainly not going to be great to hear. Can you believe that? Steve Cook diving like, like, like a top Premier League goalkeeper. That was a great save, wasn't it? <laughs> it really yeah, was. I mean, His body angle is magnificent. I don't think you can say it's like an instinctive reaction because it's actually a brilliant save. So he's had to really think about what he's done. It's stupid, though, because now he's off the pitch. They're down to ten men. It's going to be, you know, at the end of the day, it's going in, let it in. It's a penalty. Now it's, they suffer twice now. They're down to ten men, and inevitably they've scored from from the penalty. I, I just, Bournemouth in real I just think that sometimes you, we've all done that something yeah, wrong. You know, just in that. that this is in the top right hand corner. Though, it? <laughs> it's a worldy save. Yeah, yeah it's under the post. I don't know if okay, if you I don't know if you'd hand, said it. If you put your hand out, pop it to there, but not to run across and then make a save. It's or like, forgive me if Adam has mentioned it a number of times, but looking at the replay as well from behind the goal as well. When you see that tonight on match of the day, he's gone that way and he's tipped it onto the post. Both, yeah. It's a magnificent save. It is, and it's so it's very foolish. Now he's down. They're down to ten men. They're a goal behind. And how on earth are they going to get back into this? They're going to. It's a miracle well, if they get back. Well, more seriously, it's you know when things are not going well. You know, uh, you know oh, look at this now! Things. Look at this now! Um, Harry Wilson's Harry been Wilson. taken off as well, well of and course. he seems to be having a few words with Eddie Howe. Yeah, but they've taken Wilson off because they've had to put Francis yeah. on. Yeah, but something, yeah. something's, but not, something's some, not right there. You talked about something, you talked about the comments from Eddie Howe. This, uh, that's really surprising, especially from from Wilson. He, he looks like a, a, a like a, a nice, humble guy. Yeah. He looked like he yeah. looks he didn't like look happy at all. 
Hi Sam, Jefferson ZZZZZZ. Norwich yesterday, we went by car, got up bright and early. Um, good decision really because I heard the trains were horrendous. Um, one or two didn't make it due to the inefficiencies of our local train franchise. So upsetting for them. Uh, got to Norwich in good time, went for a coffee in the city centre to start with and then went to a Turkish restaurant called Haggle. Uh, very, very nice tapas and uh, a few pale ales. Uh, walked to the ground from there and had a chat with a, quite a few buddies in there. Most people seemed happy with the team selection. Uh, very early on, good support for the team and manager. I think Noddy, who was sat a couple of seats, or just a couple of seats away from me yesterday, was asked to give us a song on... I think four occasions in, within the first 20 minutes and he obviously came up with the goods as usual. Good to see him yesterday. As I say, just sat almost right next to me. Um, big moment in the game. Obviously the penalty, which was up the far end from where we were. I thought to myself, did I actually see what I think I saw there? Sadly, I did. Great save from Cookie, to be fair. Um, one nil down, second half... We huffed and puffed. Can't fault the effort from the 10 men. Um, uh, goalkeeper, I would say, Aaron made a great few saves for us. Uh, would give him man of the match again. Uh, kept us in the game, gave us a chance to get something, which unfortunately, ultimately, we couldn't. Um, yeah, so, yeah, another disappointing defeat. We're obviously in a spot of bother at the moment, but... 45 points to play for. I'm not giving up yet. I hope the players aren't. Um, three home games on the bounce now. On to Brighton. Um, up the cherries. Hi, Richard from Rugby. Go to just about all the games home and away with my son Mark. Like lots of you, went to yesterday's game. As fed up as everybody else about the outcome. Just quickly want to mention Lewis Cook cannot understand in a team that's not creating any chances why our most creative player never gets a start. Sure, when he has come on recently, he's hardly set the world alive, but what do you expect from a player who comes on and plays bit parts for five minutes like he did yesterday or has played out of position? Surely he's got to be given a start and he's got to be played regularly in his best position so that he can actually work up some form and get back to the Lewis Cook that we uh, saw last season. Anyway, be there again on Tuesday. Hopefully it'll be better, though. In all honesty, can't see much improving at the moment. Uh, onwards and upwards, hopefully. Cheers. Bye-bye. Um, yesterday really can be summed up in a moment of madness by Steve Cook. Um, amazing save, um, nonetheless. But just don't know what he was really thinking. I mean, you're going off either way. We're going to be down a goal either way. Why do it? Don't know, but we have to move on. Um, I wanted to go into a couple of stats and different things that I looked at. I'm not going to dwell upon the game, the lost performances. Was a bad body language, stuff like that, yeah, but you know what? It is what it is at this point. We have to move on. Um, if we've all played 23 games um, so far this season, not one of the Cherries has played 23 games this season. There's only six players that have played 20 games or more. 
that being Aaron Ramsdale, Callum Wilson, Ryan Frazier, Jefferson Lerma, Philip Billing, and Dominic Solanke. Not one of those is a defender. We've had 25 players make appearances in the Premier League for us so far this season. Um, only 12 of those players have played over 1,000 minutes. This all kind of falls back into that injury crisis that we're going through. Um, but you know what? We just have to keep fighting. There we go. Great to have some new voices on the podcast. Well, a new voice. And of course, the last voice you heard there was Patrick Devitt, who is our Cherries fan in Chicago. Jeff Hayward is with me and it was a turgid affair at Carrow Road. And can you tell that I've had a bad last 24 hours, Jeff? Understandable. Um, What a... What a shocker again. Uh, How you I feeling? Mean, uh, I, I sort of expected us to lose, so that kind of makes it a bit easier. Um, I think the manner of the defeat was, again, like self-inflicted beyond belief. And um, we are finding amazingly imaginative ways of giving games to the opposition. Some would say handing it to the opposition. Well, (laughs) yeah. In fact, Simon Francis said 24 hours previous that, um, you know, we've got to hold our hands up. (laughs) And Steve (laughs) Cook did that, didn't he? But I'm sure we'll come on to that. Um, So it was a crucial game at Carrow Road and we started with a side that on the whole was probably about what was predicted, just a bit of confusion about the midfield three. So the back five, including Ramsdale, Smith, Cook, Ake, Rico. Um, Then in midfield, the three were Lerma, Billing and Gosling. Um, We'll come on to that. I know in hindsight, it's very easy to say certain things, um, but we said it previously on the preview, and many fans did, about the lack of um, a creative player in there, or at least someone who can get it wide very quickly. There wasn't that. On the wings, we had Harry Wilson and Ryan Fraser with Callum Wilson playing that role up front. And come two o'clock when you saw that, uh, what were your thoughts? All right, actually. Uh, we could have picked uh, somebody else instead of Billing. It's funny, isn't it? The You go through the season and the players who were flavour of the month with us, with the fans, with the podcasts, have changed. And Billing is definitely... First against the wall, I'd say, mm. if we were picking the team. Um, or first through the door. Let's not let's not <laughs> put yeah. him against the wall. But you know what I mean? It, it's like it, it, it was Rico to start with. We couldn't understand why he was getting picked. Now it's billing. And I'm, I'm struggling to see what he does that justifies his place in the side based on performance. Mm. I'm... Um, otherwise, that was the right setup, I think. In terms of its application, I'm not sure that it's working that well. No, 
That's right. And I mean, I've got to play devil's advocate a little bit. And some people on Twitter have been saying that that was one of Philip Billings' better games. Um, not sure what you're comparing that to. Probably some of the first games of the season where he did look outstanding. But um, players' levels have dropped all over the pitch. But it does feel like to me that his have dropped um, off a cliff somewhat. And it's not just the performances. It's also the body language as well. And I don't think his style particularly helps fans warm to him a little bit because... Even when he was playing well for us, he had a a bit of a slow swagger and a pedestrian edge that kind of made it look as though he didn't care. But he just breezed through these games. But when you're losing matches, then people will tend to focus on the ones that look as though they're not trying. And I think that's just part of his aura. And my problem really wasn't particularly with him yesterday. I, I don't think Gosling was particularly great, um, the workhorse that he is. But I just thought that midfield three is very bizarre. Um there's not really one player there. Lerma does it occasionally, but not that player who can spread it wide and actually utilise players like Fraser on the wing, utilise Rico when he's running up there. A lot of the times I found when the midfield trio were on the ball, they were playing it almost behind the fullback so that they had to backtrack a little bit. And there's just no momentum. Whereas, as Neil Dawson said on the podcast a while ago, Sermon. And Lewis Cook are very efficient at getting that ball out wide quickly in front and keeping that momentum going. Uh, didn't happen at all at the weekend. But despite the fact that we came away losing 1-0, there are some people out there saying that we showed a little bit more fight. Did, did you get that impression? A little bit. There was a period... Well, it's weird, isn't it? Perhaps before Cook got sent off, no... But after he got sent off, played we played better. We played decent with ten. I thought mm. uh, we we had a bit more urgency. There was a bit more desire, and there was a period in the second half, particularly as it as it as Norwich got a bit nervous, where we were on top, which was weird. Even before their their guy got sent off to even it up, but. Uh, mm. uh, same things happening and that is what is really frustrating you say that Gosling didn't have a great game yet he had a fantastic chance to score that he messed up uh Callum had a fantastic chance to score and he messed up you can't exactly blame those on Eddie, can you really, when yeah. you've got chances to... I mean, you know, those two situations, I know that Gosling, uh, sort of Gosling and Wilson got in each other's way in that opportunity in the second half. And, yeah, it just went straight back to the keeper. And Callum Wilson he just slipped just at the moment he hit it and then he couldn't get a connection on it at all. I'm not even sure he did. Um, and, you know, those are things that you can't really blame Eddie for. And Eddie's taking a lot of criticism um, and... <laughs> Rightly so in some ways, because there are still some issues regarding his selection, I feel. Fans were clamouring for Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook was this player that we were supposed to be building our team around, and he's not getting a run in the side. And you just think players like, say, Rico, have proved that when you do get a run in the side, he can produce the results. Uh, he started off very poorly, but... Fortunately for him, it was because of injuries that he couldn't really get a run. He did, and then he came good, produced a number of assists. I remember that one against Everton, the little ball over the top for Callum, the Southampton corner. Um, he was shooting from distance at Newcastle, and they would have been wonder goals had they gone in. 
he's he's come good. Albeit, we'll discuss individual player performances mm. for this game. Yes, uh, on Saturday, of course, but. Lewis Cook doesn't seem to be able to get that run and then he's being utilised in the, what, 90... No, sorry, 83rd, 84th minute or something. And what must he be thinking about his career at AFC Bournemouth? He has no career. It, mm. it, it's it's sad. I remember he played with Billing in that Everton game where they bossed the midfield, the two of them. I mean, Billing was a different player to the one he is now, but Lewis Cook was charging all over the place, making tackles, making passes, was really good. And we've said the last few games that we need to draw a line and start again. We haven't got long left. And I counted the fixtures that we've got coming up. I make it we've got seven winnable games. But what I mean by that is it feels like some fresh faces need to come in. I mean, what have we got to lose? You know, we're creating nothing. Uh, mm. We don't look like scoring. I think there are players palpably out of form and players that are um, that deserve a chance. Lewis Cook's one of those. Um, mm. What have we got to lose? replacing Billing with Lewis Cook. You know, what we've got mm. to lose. Let's go through the match chronologically, Jeff. Um, obviously, we seemed to start off relatively well. I mean, Fraser uh, did some good work on the left that forged a header for Callum Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. Philip Billing had a shot from distance. It was it was never it was never going to go in. Um, and then Norwich did seem to come into the game a little bit. Pookie looked dangerous and then Buendia had a header. And one thing that really impressed me about Norwich was the fact that when they go forward, they seem to throw men forward. So that when that cross came in, which I think, yeah, Buendia had um, you know, got his head to it and it went wide of the post, there were about four or five shirts in yellow and green in that box. Whereas whenever we attacked, there seemed to be only one or two. Fraser, maybe Harry Wilson, uh, Dan Gosling, perhaps, uh, Callum sometimes. Oh... Um, I was quite impressed by them and it was good to see a team that is showing a bit of fight. Very valid point. They had to win that game yesterday. They played like they had to win it. Um, Pookie is a talisman for them. Uh, He's finished Sports Personality of the Year, I Mm. I heard as well on Match of the Day last night. And uh, (laughs) the guy is a live wire. And um, they, there was also, I think we were a little bit passive again. You know, some, sometimes in midfield, we, we hang back rather than pick up that second ball that's there. There wasn't quite the desire sometimes. And it all came to a head. Well, first of all, with that cross that they headed over, Brendan headed over. Mm. Rico is beginning to infuriate me a little bit in the way that he fails to close down those crosses. And I think that's allowing the ball to come in far too easily. He could measure that cross. They were able, you know, he had time for all those players to get in the box. Um, and and he just doesn't close down quickly enough, number one. Number two, when the, uh, when the Pookie effort that Rambo saved... Um, that led to the the spectacular handball from Cook. 
just before that, Ake gets drawn out of that back four uh, to head something into midfield. We don't pick up the... Uh, we don't win that ball. The ball gets lobbed over by Cantwell to Puki because it's one of our centre-halves is out of position. Mm. You know, he's, he, he's through. Great save from Ramsdale. And then, again, we're slow to that breaking ball. We had enough players around that area to mm. stop that second shot, to have the desire to get there was the problem, I think. And that, and, that, and that was one of many times that happened. We'll come on to the moment itself. But there was a moment before where um, Norwich had an attack. It was cleared and I think Tete was first to it with a shot. It didn't particularly trouble Ramsdale in the end. But I don't know, there's only so many times where you can say, oh, God, it's just fortunate that it's falling for them all the time. There's something um, that's wrong. The fact that they're always winning the second ball. And lo and behold, they were first to it with that, <laughs> with that moment on 26 minutes. And I mean... You say that Ramsdale did a good save uh, moments before. Steve Kirk, take a bow, son. <laughs> oh, you and I would both have been proud of that 11 aside, wouldn't we? That was... We would be. And it's, it's funny, though. I mean, it's stupid. It's a stupid thing to do. It's bad. Uh, he had a moment of madness. But as a footballer, obviously not on a professional level, there's something in your heart that makes you want to stop that ball going in the goal and that's what he did and yeah it was awful thing to do and in hindsight of course he would never do it yes we would have conceded a goal but at least it would have been 11 versus 11 um but you can say to his credit he will do whatever it takes to put his body on the line and he 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 loves the club he wants to see us succeed but he did it in the worst way possible with that and my goodness he was on the ground and then he jumped up into the sky like you wouldn't believe fingertips on it onto the post why did it go to VAR was it was it needed oh it's definitely ball to hand wasn't it <laughs> yeah, exactly. Surely, surely not. Um, I don't know why it took him so long, to be honest. Well, um, yeah, it, it it was inevitable. The red card was inevitable. The penalty was inevitable. One thing I would say, would Adam Smith have got there? Could mm. he have made a shout and said, I've got this? I, I, I'm not sure... I, you know, it would have been one of those. It would have been an amazingly acrobatic clearance off the line from Smith if he had got there. Mm. But even so, what is that? A straight red card, three match ban. It's just a one match ban, thankfully. So is that, it's just a break. Is that right? Uh, apparently so. Yeah, it's um, it's just the one uh, match that will be missing him. Um, but you know, even up until that point, Norwich had seventy one percent of possession, so it was always going in their favour. Um, and, you know, I think that for me, that particular incident um, was just a catalyst for the result that we got deservedly anyway. Because uh, I think the way we were going, it would have probably been that way. But obviously, yeah. it just happened quicker, thanks to Steve Cook, and it made it more of an uphill task that what, we went down to 10 What made What made him do it? is the knowledge that we're rubbish at shooting and scoring goals. So mm. better to hope that Pukki missed the penalty and we take the red card than to have to come back from 1-0. It was proved mm. right, wasn't he? Yeah. It's it's so it's so easy for people to criticise, but I think many footballers who've played Sunday League would 
possibly do the same thing. Um, and it's one of those instinctive things you do. There wasn't much time between the shot leaving the player's foot and him. And he just threw himself at it. And I, I don't know. Um, it's terrible and it's bad. But, uh, you know, there are people that are, are tagging him in tweets and saying some remarks which I think are very tactless. Yeah, he deserves criticism. He said the other week that he's happy to take criticism, as are the team, but not yeah. quite the words that people are coming out with. Um, yeah. He is a captain, he's a voice, he's our leader. And you know what? He, he has got mistakes in him, but he's he's proved to be more solid than not over the years. Um, yet he's getting it in the neck a lot, and he must be embarrassed as it is. The club's a laughing stock on Twitter, etc. at the moment. And he'll be he'll be feeling a lot of pain for that. And he was there, sat next to Steve Fletcher, and God knows what players like Fletch, uh, what Eddie Howard has said to him as soon as that happened. But in his interview afterwards, he sort of said, "Well, you know, I can't I can't you know criticise because it's just an instinctive thing." Mm. It, uh, it's it, it's a moment of madness. However. Mm. Um, they're not perfect. These players we've got, they're not perfect. One thing you know about Steve Cook is he he tries his heart out. He cares, and everybody makes mistakes. He made a mistake. Francis made a mistake last week, and mm. it's killing us that we're doing these daft things. Mm. Um, I I just want to see an end to it all. Just just. Yeah. Play, you know, be sensible, guys. Make the right so, choices. It went to Frano coming on at the expense of Harry Wilson, who, by all accounts, yeah. didn't look overly enamoured to be taken off the pitch. Well, uh, there's the you talk about the creativity in midfield, and he was probably one of the most creative players we had on that pitch. I mean, didn't really show much up until that point, I'll grant you, but the, where, where are the goals going to come from? And... Mm. Who else? Who else then do you take off? You've got to take off one of those midfield players. Yeah, uh, yeah it's if, not. If if four four two is the formation that um, we is our favoured formation in most of these games, we're used to playing two in the middle. So why all of a sudden are we keeping? I mean, it, I mean, it it just seemed bizarre to do what he did with Harry Wilson. There was a slight shift, but why would you then continue with three centre midfielders? just didn't it didn't seem to it didn't seem to make sense but what he did do was um, eventually morph in the second half into a sort of 4-3-2 with Fraser playing alongside Callum which you know gave Callum a chance to flick onto someone that's actually there rather than the invisible man who constantly seemed to be doing and mate uh, you know individually there are players that I you know I could lose my shit at I really could <laughs> Um, it, awful, awful performances. The technical basics not being adhered to. And, I mean, Callum wants to play for England at Euro 2020. Do me a favour. There's no chance. Harry no. Kane being injured might be a saving grace for him. But even still, I would, I'd probably go for someone else um, yep. ahead of him because he's not showing that grit. Yeah, Rashford and Tammy Abraham are uh, in a different postcode. Oh yeah, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt. And uh, Callum, Callum is a weird one. Uh, I I can't I can't figure it out. You know, it's the it's since the end of September. I think he went off on an international break after scoring that goal against yeah. Southampton, wasn't it? Was that the last goal yeah. he scored? Yeah. 
he had that game against Arsenal where he should have scored and didn't. And it's almost since then he's completely lost the plot where mm. he used to make the right decisions, show some skill, have that bravery, and his game's completely fallen apart. Yesterday, even even that chance that he gets in the second half, you think, just tap it back to Gosling because he was running onto that and would have had a tap in, mm. and he doesn't. He doesn't. He tries to do the difficult left foot sw- shot on the on the turn, which you sort of think I admire that confidence because you're a striker, but at the same time, take play the percentages, play the just tap it back, and it. Well, someone like Jan Kermadigan. Someone like Jan Kernigan can't even say his name. I've, yeah. if, if anyone's watching on YouTube, it's it's in the afternoon, <laughs> and I've resorted uh, to the beers already. Uh, don't worry about me; I'm absolutely fine. However, yeah, it's just it's just a way of getting through this chat with Jeff without without crying. But yeah, mm. someone like Jan would have played it back just like he did in that Bolton game. Very unselfish. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a striker; he needs goals. So part of me thinks, well, yeah, maybe he was right to have a go. But then there was a run he did. It was around 56, 57 minutes where summed up his recent performances where he just ran down a cul-de-sac paceless uh laborious and he was crowded out by two or three Norwich players he won the ball back easily and for them to go on a counter and you just thought where where are you going Callum yeah I I I can't figure it out you know if there's if there's one player I was thinking about who we could bring in on loan and the guy I was Mm. thinking about was the well there's Tosin, who's now gone to Palace, who scored yeah. yesterday and looked quite sharp with a point to prove. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, Mitrovic from Fulham, who always wants to play in the Premier League, but is in fact now injured for Fulham, so he's mm-hmm. out. Who else? Who else is there who could inject a a, a, a sense of self belief? I was actually mulling over whether Kermigan's still playing. Yeah, could, I know. You know, it's. I mean, there are people on Twitter that are mentioning players of the past and, you know, I think it's just them being dewy-eyed about the whole amazing reminiscing of those brilliant days where we got promotion to the Premier League. But, I mean, recalling Brett Pittman is is not the answer. No. Pugh, not at all. Um, no. I would go so far as to say Sam Surridge, as though he's demonstrated it in the Championship, he's got a lot to learn, but I think he's a good substitute to bring on, maybe. Um, however, once again, it's um, he got overlooked and it was Dom Solanke. Um, I, I don't know. It's There are lots of players out there and I'm sure that there would be um, one or two that would be perfect fits. I know that we're looking at a couple of wingers. Um, we seem to have an obsession with you know getting wingers, but I don't know. I haven't seen it so far from the new signings, despite the fact that... Um, you know, Harry Wilson is our top scorer. Dan Juma's constantly been injured, but I've not got that feeling of, yes, they're back in the squad. Mm. Uh, but that said, you know what? Ten men, we played as well as we did with 11, probably. And we did create a few chances. I think uh, there was a there was a scramble with um, Ake going close. Yeah. Um, and then a good bit of play was manufactured. Uh, one of our clearest chances where um, Adam Smith hung up across to the far post. Fraser got a foot on it, as you said. Uh, so I crossed it in first time and Wilson had that chance. And, and Gosling as well. So they are the minutiae that are the difference between zero points, one point and three points. Let's be fair. If we're looking at small crumbs of comfort, the response to going a goal down and 10 men down was actually much better than we might have expected. 
Certainly last week, after conceding that horrible first goal against Watford, we didn't have that same response. We no. created chances. We created more than one shot on goal. I think it was three in the end. Uh, mm. But we had we had several opportunities. And that's a positive because we haven't actually been creating much at all um, recently. Do you take that much of a comfort out of it, given it's... Norwich, and I don't want to be disrespectful. No, but, I mean, not not much, but so, no. it's something. But at least we've got something, something to cheer about, you know, regardless of our opposition. And but you've got to say, we were lucky for it to still be one nil thanks to Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, they had a number of chances where where he kept us in it, didn't he? Aaron Ramsdale, man of the match, quite Easy. clearly. Easy. And it's interesting to listen to his uh, post match interview on AFC BTV because he's got experience of being in a relegation battle. Mm. He was the reason Wimbledon stayed up, yeah. and if if he can play as well as he's playing, and our luck does turn, we might get one or two clean sheets in this run-in that we've got. Mm. And if that happened, and who, praise the Lord, we find the net again, and we realise that we can actually score, we might have a chance because the consolation is the teams around us aren't that much they're not that much further ahead it's all very condensed down there we've got two home games coming up and win those two home games we get out of that bottom three we're we're on a roll above teams like Villa above teams like Burnley and West Ham and you know who knows that that might set us in the right direction I think where we struggle at the moment is in we're still not getting behind defences. Fraser is the only route we've got it. There's nothing on that right-hand side. Harry Wilson never gets down the flank anyway, even when he plays the full 90. And so that makes us quite easy to defend against. You know what Harry Wilson's going to do. He's going to take it in on his left foot, and that makes it quite easy. And there's not enough of an overlapping fullback. Adam Smith, when he does get the chance, he's still crossing from in front of their back four rather than going to the byline and I just feel that makes it so much easier for the the defending team so all we've got is Fraser um appetite wise and and form wise he's he's not as good as he was and there just doesn't seem to be as much energy from the forward play we so miss Josh King yeah we do I can't wait and you know what I I I don't I don't even care now if we need to rush him back. I think we've got to. I mean, I know that it's not particularly great. and We've done that with players before. I think even Josh King the first time. We may have been rushed back then for that Chelsea game. And then he pulled up and you just... But he was the difference in that game. And we we need him back as soon as we possibly can because it's... Yeah. We keep saying this every week. It's it's now or never. Yeah. Um, and it And it... You know what? Did you did you get any comfort out of their red card? I mean, in terms of thinking, right? This you know, this is a chance now. We've got fifteen minutes or or more plus stoppage. Incidentally, by the way, that challenge from Godfrey no different to the Telemans challenge at Leicester on Callum Wilson. Uh, yeah. One was red, one wasn't. So there's the inconsistencies on VAR there. But thankfully, the ref consulted his monitor. Well, it was given as a red. And what's interesting about that is that the ref consulting the monitor takes the whole kind of, oh, I'm not going to upset my fellow professional by disagreeing with him mm. kind of thing out of it. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, you've, got to, you've got to trust the referee to be able to see if they've made a mistake and call it. And I thought Paul Tierney, great refereeing, absolutely the right decision. Mm. 
he deserved to go that could have been an ankle breaker and did it give us a bit of a lift well made Norwich more nervous we had mm. we had we had plenty of the ball in the second part of that second half and we created some chances Ake's mm. header was probably the best of the lot um but yeah Sod's law, you know. Even, even there. I know. Oh, there was one goal mouth scramble, wasn't there, where the ball sort of nearly fell to Billing at the far post, then yeah. kind of rebounded back in and nearly fell to Ake. It's just not, just not falling for us. We're, we're making our own luck, and our own luck at the moment is disastrously bad. Mm. And it's, it's not good looking at what's going on on social media at the moment, is it? Because there are a lot of fans turning on each other, like. As if fellow fans have some kind of influence on on what goes on on the pitch. It it doesn't really matter what you think, to be honest. Uh, What you do or say will not affect what happens on the pitch. Um, It's been... It's been a horrible time to be a Bournemouth fan. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here as a frustrated Cherry, an exasperated fan. I've got Cherry red blood flowing through my body. Um, Every weekend is boosted or broken by the results of this football club. Um... Uh, you know to some fans i'm i'm a relative old boy to others um i'm i'm a newbie and there've been many more lows than highs during my support of ac bournemouth um points deductions witnessing players who were visibly worried about covering their mortgage payments uh watching a ram-packed winter gardens full of fans worrying about the future of their football club um Seeing Gerald Krasner, who seemed like some kind of evil overlord at the time, threatening to wind up the club. Um, And these are just the issues off the pitch. Um, On the pitch, of course, countless stories of adversity. Um, And usually it's the spirit of togetherness from the fans, twinned with the grit of the players. Uh, And of course, oh yeah, apparently a few thousand quid from Southampton too, that's helped to get us over the line at the moment the fans seem to be di- you know divided um the players don't seem to you know give a shit and there seem to be decisions being made on the pitch that aren't quite right some of those are forced some of them are not and all of this is culminating in a position where we're in the worst position we've been in yet still we are only three points off safety yeah. Which is, we should be about 15 off, given our form. It feels like we should be miles away, but somehow we're still in it. Yeah, we were seventh back in November. After that Man U game, we were seventh. And that is mm. what what makes the frustration and the anger, I think, that much more deep, mm. is to feel that we were having such a good season and looking so promising, and then it's all just fallen off a, a cliff. Uh, we are capable of getting out of this fans are are frustrated we're all frustrated Mm. we all care about the club that's why we are so angry and we all want to be able to do something to help the club yeah it it feels like turning up and supporting them is is we want to be able to do more than that and i think we resent the fact that we're all a bit powerless i mean i completely Mm, changed all my lucky gear yesterday and it still didn't work (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah. we're doing. Some, yeah. I know it was. I was like, I threw everything out and thought I'm just going to go with a completely new outfit, and it still didn't mm. work. So, 
Is it, you know, we've always had that, um, as a club, we've always had that togetherness. And, you know, in this sort of 90s and noughties, like, the, you know, the, any, the together anything is possible slogan would have been apt to plaster on the walls then. Because um, those were the times that we were really up against it and we came through. I mean, since, since Eddie's return, we've used that phrase to sort of galvanise the squad into uh, a team that's been able to produce sustained periods of success and lo and behold we've gained another 7,000 fans week in week out um, and these new supporters are loving success and loving life in the Premier League which you know which we all are um, the slogan is is associated with success and never that kind of siege mentality that we've needed to adopt I mean it's you know just to be a bit reminiscent about stuff and I'm not one of these that look back and think look where we are now but it's been an incredible run so far. I'm not saying it's over, but we've gained worldwide attention. You go on holiday, you mentioned Bournemouth. You always used to have to say, oh, well, we're two hours from London on the south coast. Now they yeah. just know, you know where it is. And yeah. whilst it's a team of individuals that have come together to make that happen, one person has, has you know, taken control of that, really. Um, and that's Eddie. He, he's not faultless. But to have kept us in the Premier League this long, I think, is an outstanding achievement. Um, and this is the one season where we've been forced forced to utilise a whole host of new players. Some have been consistently played out of position through necessity rather than choice. And we've fallen short. The team isn't producing the brand of football that we know and love. And, you know, like Eddie is, you know, he is culpable for the situation. But let's not forget that Eddie is a fan as well. Um, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders at the moment. He'll be having sleepless nights at home, trying to think of ways to sort it. He's trying, but he is falling short tactically on occasions, sometimes making bit, you know bizarre decisions. And sometimes I think he sort of almost does need a break. And I, I, I sort of genuinely hope that he, he is getting some work-life balance because at the moment it, you know, it must be horrible. Um, there's a lot of vitriolic stuff online. Um, I hope that he's not seeing any of it, but I'm sure it filters through somehow. The players yeah. have got Twitter accounts and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also as fans, we've quickly forgotten that there have been so many times that we've thought that we know best, only for Eddie to prove us wrong. Um, so despite all that's going on, I'm still sticking with him. Uh, very eloquently put, Sam. I I can't disagree with that. We we have we have a chance still to make this quite a special season. And mm. if we are sitting here at the end of the season and we have survived, well, I, I don't care whether it's by one point or goal difference. Mm. Uh, when you consider where we are now, that would be a phenomenal achievement. Mm. We have that within us because we know we can play. Yeah, we know that we are capable of yeah. of putting in really good performances. We've got winnable games still. Mm. There's a tight bunch of teams around us. We've got two home games that we can win mm. the next two matches. And Eddie, Eddie is is special. Yeah, he's not he's not perfect. He is fallible, and I think this season is, he's probably he's probably more fallible than ever before. And you know the 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 golden uh, kind of aura of Eddie mm. has certainly you know, taken a hell of a bashing this year. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is the worst season we've had. I mean, like, I don't I don't want to blame injuries, but it, it's not like we've got a fully fit squad to pick from. We've got players like Philip Billing in training who are probably looking like worldies when they're playing against the under twenty ones. Sure. Um, and they're being selected because of those, you know, performances. Um, we've had to chuck players together very quickly. They've not gelled. Individual performances have been crap, and it's culminated in um, our worst run in the Premier League. When you look at it, there are a number of new players that, as I said to you uh, on the preview show outside the Vitality um, earlier last week, that you know there are some players that perhaps don't um, understand the fabric of the club. Um, and as fans, it's, it's very frustrating, but some of them are saying it in ways that they shouldn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't yeah. moan. Yeah. It's, you know, moaning is a, is a mechanism for venting and as paying customers, we're allowed to, but yeah. some fans are acting a little bit entitled. Um, it's easy to berate staff. It's easy to jump down players' throats. I mean, after all, what else can we do? But we've got no way, as you said, that we can affect the team. You're changing your pants, for goodness sake, and it's not even working. <laughs> uh, the, we can't yeah. influence staff directly. And I've, I've got um, a few pre-prepared things that I want to say actually Jeff about what we can do as fans okay um because I'm sick of reading certain comments that are just they're just not very nice yeah firstly we've got to realize that these players are human beings right yeah be tactful with your criticism online uh do not tell players to f off like some people have done it's it won't provoke a positive reaction. So in some cases, it creates more of a divide. Um, the small fan base of the club means that players are seeing tweets. Aaron Ramsdale is responding to tweets that he's not even tagged in. He responded to a couple of tweets yesterday. Uh, his name wasn't tagged. Obviously, he just searched for his name. All right. If you're going to debate with fellow f- fans, you know, sure, go ahead, but remain classy. There's, there's arguing going on. There's blocking fellow supporters. What does it do? Whether you're Eddie in or Eddie out, your opinions don't really matter. Um, if you're feeling sad, right, and you want to resort mentally to calling us a championship club already, that's fine. Be sarcastic. Be you know, do whatever you need to do, but don't turn on your fellow fans for having the audacity to have a little bit of faith. Maybe we are happy clappers, but let's not forget that their opinion and feeling and hope is inspired by history, our recent history of what's happened over the last five or six years. Well, even before that, yeah. the start of our rise. Finally, um, I've noticed that many fans weeks ago were saying that they've already consigned themselves to the fact that we'll, that we'll get relegated, which is fine. Um, some people do it so they can mentally deal with it better when we do get demoted, um, which is fair enough. Um, but I actually quite like the sort of highs and lows of... Uh, living in hope and, you know, trying to suffer through the despair um, because that's what football is for me. Um, If you're thinking the worst already, and there's lots of people saying this on Twitter, and you really don't want to go to the games, don't just say those things and turn up and moan. Just sell your seat on Twickets because there are fans out there who will enjoy it more than you will, even if we get battered 5-0. I'm just a bit worried that it's a little bit hypocritical. We're sort of saying the... The club has lost its identity, but I think as fans, we've lost identity, our identity too. 
there is not much of this, you know, togetherness anymore. Even in the lows that we had, the winter gardens, all the things I said earlier, um, we didn't get on each other's backs as we did. We're still in a relatively successful position. We should still be hoping. Yet, isn't it a bit hypocritical to be criticising the club for losing our identity when we've lost ours? Very well put, Sam. We've got to stick together. We've got to, we've got to get behind the team, get behind the players. Why anyone is giving Aaron Ramsdale a hard time is beyond me because that that man is the star player, the star find of our season. He pre- he prevented the sc- he he made it flattering for us yesterday, didn't he? He did, and did the same a couple of weeks ago against Brighton as well. And I think we missed him against Watford. He, he mm. he's a he's a star goalkeeper, and we have to give them every bit of support that we can because it is still achievable it is still possible that we can get out of this horrible situation that we're in the next two games i know we keep saying it that this run of fixtures and we've lost them all they're all six pointers well Mm. yeah but we're still in there we're still in there if we can get a result against brighton on tuesday night that will put us in a great place for the villa game and they are mm. the, both those teams are nervy. Villa don't have a centre forward at the moment. They might have got one on loan by the time we play them. But you know mm. they're no great shakes. They were one man team. Jack Grealish, mm. that's it. Brighton are no great shakes. We can beat mm. them. We can beat them both if mm. if yeah. if everything goes for us yeah. and we play with a bit more self belief and confidence. The players put their all into it. We we get a I don't know we just gotta get a result. We are we are like moths to the flame, aren't we? Um, <laughs> we are we really are. But let's f- not forget we've not. I'm gonna swear now, but we've not got some twat in charge. No. The, our manager is Eddie Howe, who is the biggest fan there is. And look, it'll be it will be crap if we get relegated. Um, but in some ways, okay, I'm not. I'm not a, a doom monger because I, I think there's still a chance. Um, if this run it, it does go on, we deserve it. But if it doesn't, then, you know, we've got a hell of a chance. But the the main aim in every single league, apart from the Premier League, is to win. Uh, when you hit the Premier League, the what, you know, your goal is completely different. It's all about, you know, survival. Um, we just need to get behind the lads um they may well turn up with another abject performance um but all we can do is unite and give them absolutely everything and give it our absolute all um a lot of people are saying well they're not you know, giving their all we know that but we can't control it but all we can do is what we can do because we all want the same thing um our future has always been safe with eddie at the helm um and as fans we've got to take it one game at a time but we've got we've got 15 cup finals now and with seven wins or six wins and two draws, we should be okay. Yeah, six wins, two draws. I think we'll be okay, and we'll we'll be safe. Um, I think we've got seven winnable games. You know, then some of them aren't easy. Burnley mm. away is not going to be easy. Newcastle at home is not going to be easy. Uh, I didn't put Manchester City away as one of those winnable games. No, really no, need to yeah. know. Uh, nor indeed Liverpool away. But we have got some games that we can get a result in. So 
fresh faces, shake it up a bit. Maybe, actually, do you know what? The game on Tuesday coming so quickly after what happened uh, yesterday might be might be good. Yeah, it might, might actually... We haven't really got much time to think about it. The back four pretty much picks itself now. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think he's... He, he he will probably think about the midfield and freshening it up and yeah. giving Lewis Cook a go instead of Phil Billing. Although I'm not sure about Lerma, you know, he still doesn't look yeah. 100% to me. Um, Harry Wilson's rested. Uh, you mm, know, I think I think one thing we've just, you know, we may see the same turgid uh, performances. Um, and I've got a funny feeling, and I've been chatting to a few people about this. Um, that if it if it doesn't go our way on Tuesday, I don't think we'll be hearing those same media friendly sound bites. I think we'll, we could be waking up to news that no one really really wants. Um, it's a it's a massive game, and I think I've got a feeling that Eddie's AFC Bournemouth future may even depend on it. Well, we've said it before that it's more likely Eddie will walk because he's a yeah one hundred percent that. Because he's proud, he cares about the club. I think it's more likely that he'll do that rather than uh, get a phone call from uh, Max to say, sorry, you're not needed anymore. I, I just think he he cares enough about the club and if he thinks he can't do it, I think he'll be saying, you know what, somebody coming in might, might give us a new manager bounce and might help. Uh, hopefully, I mean, he does look, he does look shattered emotionally wrecked and yeah. uh yeah I, I i don't know where he i don't know how he's been coping the last uh two mm. months really I, I just want him to know he's not watching this but maybe some people will i know that some of the youth do subscribe even and uh i know that there are this podcast does get listened to by some senior people um we just want them to know that they are loved every single player is loved and you know, there's a lot of criticism online. We're not trying to um, do it because we hate you. We're just frustrated with the way things are. And it's sometimes not players' individual things. Like Steve Cook, I mean, it was stupid. Stupid what he does. But we, you know, despite all that, we love you. And we, and we want you to come back and put in 15 minus 1, 14 amazing performances uh, between now and the end of the season. Because if everyone comes together, then anything is possible. And... It continues on Tuesday against Brighton. So, myself and Jeff are going to be previewing the Brighton match, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to being there uh, just to mainly meet Zach, USA Cherry, before the game to give him his ticket. Um, last time he came to a Cherries game, we beat Chelsea 4 0. So, Zach, if you're a good luck charm, I'm all over that. Looking forward to seeing you uh, before the game, and hopefully, we can have a brief chat. And who knows, three points would be more than welcome. And I think you're here for the Villa game. If you're not, extend your stay, mate. Um, we need as much luck as we can get. But speaking of, okay, this is a tenuous link now, ticketed events. We've got an event uh, that as the podcast we're really pleased to be involved with in terms of promoting. It's called Legends Live and it's a Cherries special event that's happening Thursday the 2nd of April at the Village Hotel in Bournemouth. Now, we're going to be giving you a lot more information about this 
on next week's podcast because I'm going to be chatting to Dave Fitzgerald, the events director at Lashings World. We're going to be in the Barking Cat and I'm going to speak to him about this event, which... uh, if you've been to one of those after-dinner speakers' events where you can see the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson and Eric Cantona and all that lot, well, usually they cost a fortune. But this time round, I'll tell you what, they've priced it really well. And you can see the likes of Steve Jones, Luther Blissett, who'll be more than happy after that 3-0 win for Watford A. Or, or will he not be? I don't know. And also Paul Morell as well. Who remembers him? They're going to be speaking at the event, and to find out a little bit more information before our main chat this week, here is Dave himself. On the 2nd of April, Lashings World will be hosting the first of our Legends Live events for 2020. These are effectively football speaker nights featuring a panel of legends from local clubs. We're really excited that our first event will be a cherry special at the Village Hotel in our hometown of Bournemouth, featuring AFC Bournemouth legends Luther Blissett, Steve Jones and Paul Morrell. The show consists of a first half interview with each of the legends, followed by a second half where Cherry's fans will have the opportunity to ask questions to the panel. As Lashings, although we travel the UK and overseas, hosting events with the likes of Phil Tufnell, Paul Merson, Darren Goff, Brian Robson and many more, plus also travelling with our cricket tour, as lifelong Cherries fans, it's really nice to be coming home and to recognise our own heroes growing up. Like all Cherries fans, we've all loved what Eddie has done over the last 10 years, the best ever era for the club. But for us older, long-standing fans, we also have some fond memories of following the Cherries in the 80s and 90s. A lot like me will have been introduced to the club by our parents or schoolmates. And it's brilliant for us all to get together with the likes of Luther, Jonesy and Mozzie, All three are mates of us here at Lashings and they're all really looking forward to it. The event is priced at just £10 for standard ticket, a great price, which we hope will encourage the long-term Dean Court faithful to come along. We're looking to do more of these events and fans attending on the night will have an opportunity to vote for who they'd like to see next time round. Tickets are available at the In Off The Far Post shop in Christchurch Road, Boscombe or online on the Eventbrite ticket website, just type in Legends Live Cherry Special in the search bar. There's also a link to tickets via the Lashings Facebook page as well. Thanks very much to Sam from Back of the Net Podcast and everyone else involved. There's a real buzz about this event and we really can't wait to see everybody there. Yeah, so superb. Looking forward to that. And uh, do uh, tune into the podcast next week and also uh, the YouTube channel as well, where you can see a chat with Dave at the Barking Cat, where um, we'll be getting more information about it. Really, really excited about this one. And uh, yeah, it will be um, hopefully coinciding with a decent run of form for Bournemouth, which, fingers crossed, starts Tuesday night against Brighton.
boy, that stirred some emotions and that's how we need to be feeling as fans, as players. It is huge. Jeff, um, it's it's massive, massive, isn't it? How are you feeling? Strangely looking forward to the Brighton game. Pleased that uh, there's not much time to think about what went on on Saturday and we're right back at it. It's a must-win game. We're at home. It's a game we can win. Maybe a slightly easier game than the Watford game because Brighton are a little bit patchy. Mm. And we, if we'd have played better, I do feel we could have got something out of the game at the Amex only last month. So, mm. yeah, you know... Yeah, I don't know what to expect from them. And to be honest, it's it's. I think it doesn't matter. It's it is all about us. Um, any changes that you'd like to see? We're not going to make this too extended because I mean it's, you know, we've gone on enough about uh, talking about the previous games and stuff. But you know, what do you want to be seeing? I want to see Lewis Cook in midfield. I want to see um, Phil Billing on the bench. I want to see uh, probably. I don't think Josh King will be back, so it's still going to be Callum up front. Yeah. Um, Dan Jume is out for some time, uh, so it's just going to be Fraser and Wilson. And I'm quite excited um, that the left back position might be getting contested soon. Um, mm. Yeah. You know, we we might have a bit of contention going on there, but I think Rico will probably hold on to that, at least for Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, one of our summer signings seems to be making some sort of comeback. Yeah, the more uh, competition we have across the pitch, you know, the better it is. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of fear that players like King and Brooks are maybe coming back a bit too late. But... Um, in a way, I'm sort of looking forward to this game, just as you say, because it's coming thick and fast. I'm looking forward to the games against the big sides because no one expects anything. But those are the ones where historically in recent times we've we've managed to get the results. Brighton, you know, not so much one of those teams, but they're in a position whereby they may take us for granted, knowing how poor we are. Um, but then again, they may adopt the same policies that they did at the Amex and turn us over again. But I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction, Jeff, because what's the points? <laughs> we never mm. get it right. How many... How many minutes will it be until the first Twitter person says, you know, F off to one of our own? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we we put in a performance that makes us proud. Crikey, you know, is it too much to ask? Mm. Uh, a bit of, a bit of, a bit of energy and a bit of attacking flair. You know, maybe Sermon will play. Um, mm. Maybe... Maybe that will be the cutting edge. I, I remember it was a couple of seasons ago when we had that terrible start to the season. The Brighton fixture was the the game we had to win, and we yeah, did win that. Right. We won two one, and it yeah. and it kind of turned our season around from what losing seven out of the first nine. Well, you know that that was a historic night in its own small way. So Tuesday mm. night, let's turn that into a historic evening as well. Maybe the fact that it's a nighttime game will help the atmosphere and make everybody feel a mm. bit more kind of behind the club, behind the team, behind yeah. the players. 
I've got to say, during the Norwich game, I've never seen so many Twickets tickets going on sale during a 90-minute spell. I think there are about 12 or 13 tickets during a game where people are, are listing them. Obviously, you know, not wanting to go, but those tickets will get sold to Bournemouth fans who, who want to get there. And we've got to all get behind the boys. Um, we've got to be positive. You know, yes, we've all our hope is being eroded uh, bit by bit, but we need to go there and make a din be as loud as we can and inspire the team to three points and that could be the rocket that they need and the good feeling that starts to flow through the veins of the players that can take us on to put in a good performance against Arsenal in the cup turnover Villa and who knows we'd have a chance we've done this before we can do it again. We're looking forward to this one and um, all the reaction to this match uh, will be on YouTube. There won't be a podcast, but uh, stay tuned to YouTube. And Jeff, fingers crossed, um, next time I'll be seeing you, you'll, you'll have a smile on your face. <laughs> uh, I, I believe we can do it. And for me, because I flipping live here, beat them. Hi, I'm Michael Botto, making some noise for the boys on Back of the Net. Tuesday is a big, big match. Jeff, thanks so much for all your help, but we need to get behind the boys. I cannot emphasise this enough. Right, do you remember at the start of the show, there were some Norwich and Bournemouth players that I mentioned, and the first one joined Cherries in 1990, and his previous two clubs were Sutton United Youth and Sutton United. Of course, that was Efana Kuku. In 2012, we had another player that's played for both clubs. Previous clubs were Brentford and Rotherham. That was Lewis Graben. He ended up joining Norwich after leaving Bournemouth, of course. And then in 2013, a player that played for Wolverhampton and then Norwich and then came to Bournemouth. That is Andrew Sermon. And sirs, I can't wait to see you in a red and black shirt very soon. So as you can tell... Maybe my opinion is flawed, don't really care, but I'm choosing to get behind the boys and Eddie, uh, just please inspire the lads to put in a decent performance. That's all we ask. We love you and we want to see that passion and that grit and that determination that makes Bournemouth the club it is. Until next time, remember it's a Tuesday podcast next week after the FA Cup match against Arsenal, so download it on Tuesday morning. You can also watch on YouTube at youtube.com slash podcast. But for now, this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. As Pookie tries to steal in, Ramsdale made a great decision to come out there, but then it's, oh, it's tipped away. That's going to be a red card for Steve Cook. Steve Cook is going to be sent off, I think, here. It's a deliberate handball. He stopped the ball going to the net. And after half an hour, Bournemouth are down to 10 men. Steve Cook throwing off his hand, tipping the ball onto the post. It stopped a certain goal, but it means the Cherries will play with 10 for the rest of the game. Podcast Network. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.